Welcome back, everyone. Episode 9 here. It's a, a quick turnaround from last episode. Just 48 hours ago, we talked about Damian Lillard being traded. Um, and this afternoon, the Portland Trailblazers traded Drew Holiday to the Boston Celtics in a huge deal uh, immediately after the Damian Lillard trade in which Boston's going to trade Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams, uh, the 2024 pick from the Warriors, and Boston's 2029 first round that they own. Um, and obviously, getting a guy in Drew Holiday who's expected to start and is going to immediately, you know, fill the hole that they that they uh, opened up with the loss of Marcus Smart. And now we got we got an arms race in the East. Essentially, Boston and Milwaukee separating themselves from the rest of the pack. Um, if I can get your quick thoughts on this one, Berman, in terms of where it leaves Boston and you know the return that that Portland's ultimately getting from the Dame trade. Um, I think. This was a move Boston had to make, especially with the defense they lost with uh, Marcus Smart. Once they lost Smart, I was kind of questioning their how would their defense be. It would probably be less uh, worse than last year with Porzingis not being that great a defender. But um, this move kind of like gives them a, I don't want to say better, but it is kind of a better replacement than Marcus Smart in different ways. He's just older. That's the only problem. So if you switch Smart and Holiday, in my opinion, it's pretty much the same player. Holiday might be a little better. He is more all-star caliber. but And he's a little older, which is the only bad thing about this trade. But other than that, I think this trade puts them back in touch with Milwaukee. I still put Milwaukee 1 and Boston 2 in the East. That's just me because I that offense is going to be unstoppable. But Drew Holiday can stop. Damian Lillard, we have seen that before, so I feel like this is a good step in the right direction for the Celtics. You talk about that offense, and man, it, it's definitely the best in the league, but if there's one guy you want to guard Giannis, it's Al Horford. If there's one guy you want to guard Dame, it's, it's Drew Holiday. There's a clear plan in place for the Boston Celtics right now, you know, sacrificing a little bit of depth, you know, one, one roster spot down um, with Robert Williams and Brogdon leaving, but, you know, certainly Drew Holiday – much better player than both of those guys. And as a Celtics fan, you hate to see Rob go. Um, Robert Williams is a cornerstone piece um, that we drafted, that we brought up. It just, you never really saw him turn that corner offensively. Um, he was working on his jumper this summer and it looked to be improving, but really no creation on offense. You know, he would rush shots in the paint. He's certainly an excellent defender and rebounder though. Um, this, the Celtics, they did address, you know, their need at the big man spot a little bit, you know, in terms of depth. They went out and they got Winion Gabriel, who's a free agent, played for the Los Angeles Lakers last year. Uh, Jesus, if you want to talk about Gabriel a little bit um, and what he might bring to Boston. Who? Winion Gabriel. Oh, man, he's got, he's got grit. Every time he, he played, even if it was for a little bit, that man always played with heart. I feel like he's definitely going to develop nicely over there, but I'm just saying he's not a bad player. It's just he just needs more time on the court. That's about it. But he I mean, plays with heart. So, as a Celtics fan, you know you want to see them go out and you want to get you know another big, big right. Like Robert Williams is a big guy. He, he's a good rim protector. Gabriel seven foot. I mean, he's certainly not going to play as many minutes as Rob did, but he's going to be crucial in the rotation. You know, probably going to play a similar role to what Noah Vonley had early last year, um, if not bigger. 
you know, before we figure out, you know, where we stand going into the deadline, you know, the first couple months of the year. The other area of this trade that's going to be interesting to see how it plays out now is what happens with Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon will not be sticking around in Portland either. They're going to flip him as well, you know, potential candidates. Obviously, you look to Philly and Miami again, you know, potentially Toronto, Chicago, and then maybe out west, the Clippers could be interested. Um, Any of those teams, Andy, really, you know, stand out to you as a potential suitor or need to make the move? For who? Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, I don't know. I think to the you don't think the Blazers even want to think about a second of keeping Brogdon. You don't think that's going to happen. You don't think they. Um, no. You don't think so. You think? What is, you that? Think it's what is that? Jesus. The Raptors. The Raptors. The, Raptors. the Toronto Raptors. Why the Raptors? Well, that's just a mid addition, though, in my opinion. <laughs> like the Raptors need somebody good. They don't need Brogdon. It doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? No. I think, I don't know. I think it might be, Miami probably doesn't want to go for Brogdon because it'd be admitting defeat. They were looking at Lillard, didn't get Lillard. They were looking at Holiday, didn't get Holiday. Brogdon is your third star. I don't think that works. Well, I mean, in a Brogdon deal, I think ideally Duncan Robinson would be the piece on Miami's end that would have to be moved, you know, maybe one filler. Um, and certainly wouldn't have to give up much, if any, draft capital. Second yeah. round pick, maybe. Um, I don't know. I, I think I still think L.A. will probably be the destination if it happens. They waived Jason Preston today. So you look at those smaller contract players, you know, Brandon Boston and Marcus Morris, you know, might be a package that makes sense. Certainly not going to move off of Terrence Mann just to bring in Malcolm Brogdon. But the more that Marcus Morris, what do you say about him? He's horrible. <laughs> Hey, he's gotten worse and he's old, but it's an expiring contract and he's another wing. Um, and certainly with the amount of young guys on that team, you might want a vet or two. Um, it's something to think about for Portland, but we do need to talk a little bit more about Malcolm Brogdon in terms of where he stood with Boston this summer. Um, the perception was for a while that you know Boston was going to need to figure out a trade to make for Brogdon because he was unhappy. And then you know the Celtics had their media day with Jalen Brown um, and Brad had talked to the media a little bit afterwards talking about, you know, Brogdon and Porzingis being healthy, ready for training camp. And then today the trade happens and, you know, you talk to people um, around Brad Stevens and in Boston and apparently the relationship with Malcolm Brogdon was irreparable. Um, Malcolm Brogdon, not only upset that his name had, had been seriously considered in trade talks for Porzingis, but also felt disrespected by the fact that, as the sixth man of the year last year, he received no consideration from the Celtics to start over Derek White. Um, after the Porzingis trade, Derek White was essentially named the starter. Even with Brogdon coming off an injury, he was he was upset at that fact. It, it strikes me it strikes me as odd that Malcolm Brogdon would be you know the kind of guy to to get upset over something like that. He seemed like a pro's pro, um, but I do get it. I do understand that. It was probably a very frustrating summer for him, and a change of scenery is likely needed. Now, whether he's going to be a good fit in L.A., we'll see um, if he gets traded there. I don't think that Portland's going to even think about holding on to him. That's not going to be a team that wants to compete right now. And it, it, while, while you said Andy, he's not super old, but uh, he's old. He doesn't really fit their timeline. And, I mean, with the amount of guards that they have in that backcourt, 
You want to get Scoot Henderson reps. You want to get Anthony Simons to continue to yeah, run the offense. So he does not fit their timeline. I fully expect him to be traded. It's just a matter of where and when. Following this trend, I mean, Damian Lillard was traded. Drew Holiday was traded. Training camp starts in a couple days. He may be traded later this evening or tomorrow. It's just a matter of, you know, what Joe Cronin decides to do here in the final final couple weeks of the offseason. So he's he's cooking this offseason though, I'm not gonna lie. That that's the other thing. It's coming more and more into light that, you know, they had a plan and Joe Cronin himself came out and said he wasn't gonna let his emotions get the best of him. He was just gonna focus on the package and focus on doing what's best for the organization and man you don't put the wraps on it yet because Brogdon will likely be flipped, but looking at it right now, a hell of a return, a hell of a return for Damian Lillard and a great job by their, by their front office. So, you know, that'll be something we touch on in the next episode about Brogdon. Certainly a Brogdon trade won't warrant an emergency podcast like this, um, but it'll be something to talk about. In other news, we talked about winning Gabriel. The Bucks also made somewhat of a response signing campaign after the Spurs waived him a couple weeks ago, he'll come in as, uh, as point guard depth. Now that Drew Holiday's gone, he'll probably, you know, fill the role that Javon Carter played for them the past couple of years. You know, not just garbage time, but maybe sneak into the second rotation, um, especially in the regular season with Damian Lillard potentially, you know, not taking nights off, but at the same time, not playing every single game and you want to limit his minutes and, keep him healthy and rested for the playoffs. Um, I, I like the signing. I think he's an upgrade over Javon Carter for sure. But at the same time, it doesn't really move the needle. It's just about, you know, maintaining a little bit of depth for them um, and continuing to, to build a roster around Giannis uh, for this year and next. Any thoughts on that move before we move on a little bit? Yeah, I mean, campaign was one of the guards that you were waiting to be, waiting to see who was going to sign him and, I think the Bucks. it's a solid move because he's a backup, basically the backup for Dame. So if Dame gets hurt during the regular season or they just do management like they don't play him a lot of the back-to-backs or something, campaign's a solid backup. We can fill up non-Dame minutes. So I think, yeah, that's a good signing. Yeah, it certainly, it certainly moved it. I think it increases their playmaking in the second unit. Javon Carter was a solid player and certainly scored for them at times. But he was not. He wasn't a great distributor. Not a great playmaker. Campaign, campaign showed some real flashes in the playoffs last year. In the absence mm-hmm. of Chris Paul, and I, I, he can be solid for them. That's that's not the worst move for them. In other news, a couple more things to talk about. Josh Primo, who last year was essentially you know benched and away from the team um, in San Antonio due to his situation. He allegedly. I don't know if it was proven or not what happened with that situation, but he, he didn't play last year. He revealed himself to several women on the staff, and it was just a messy situation. He was a bright a bright player. He's young, and he, uh, he was recently waived by the Spurs and signed a two-way contract with the Clippers, so the Clippers will take a flyer on him. The Spurs, he was part of that backcourt with uh, Devin Vassell that they were really excited about, and mm-hmm. that ship had sailed. They were ready to move on from that. And, you know, while certainly what he did was completely incorrect and very wrong, it's nice to see that a young player is getting the second chance and that, you know, he, he took the year off. He learned from what he did. And, you know, hopefully he'll have a successful year and a successful career. You just, you just like to see young players like that, 
not ruin their career with one mistake. That's what I'll say there. I think that's really the only thing to, to mention about that, but it's worth noting. Um, and additionally, Reggie Bullock, kind of the final move of the night. Reggie Bullock was weighed by San Antonio recently as a guy who contributed to that Dallas playoff run a couple of years ago where they went to the Western Conference Finals. He can be a good shooter and a good wing. I expect him to sign with a contender as well. And whoever gets him, and following this trend, maybe maybe Philadelphia takes a chance on him after getting Kelly Oubre. Whoever gets Reggie Bullock is going to be is going to be sitting pretty. You know, that's that's a good a good player to acquire, especially for a contender. You know, moving in to a new a new season, especially in the East where there's so many things in question. Um, Reggie Bullock would be a very good signing for any contenders. Any ideas, Jesus? Who may take a chance on Reggie Bullock? Like you said, probably Philly because they haven't really done anything this offseason. I think I saw a Joel tweet, what a fun offseason, LOL, and I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Joel's got jokes. I, I I think he'd be a solid fit in Philly. You know, they, they need some wings who can who can shoot, who can create. And Reggie Bullock and Kelly Oubre as your backup wings, um, that's pretty solid. You know, it's maybe a solid that will get for them in the free agent market right now. Before we go, we want to talk a little bit about the landscape of the East. I know Andy touched on it a little bit earlier. He's got Milwaukee slightly ahead of Boston. Jesus, I'm wondering, where do you stand with the top two in the East? Oh, I said it I said it last week. I, I still have the Celtics at number one and then the Bucks at two. So you had the Celtics above them even before the Drew Holiday signing? Yep. Interesting, interesting. I think – I think without the Drew Holiday signing, it's clearly Milwaukee in the East. With the Drew Holiday signing, I'm going to lean Boston. I think even losing a roster spot, um, I think they have a better bench. I think they're better defensively. And I think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they're going to take a step in terms of leadership. And certainly Jalen Brown will have a a bounce back year after a disappointing playoffs. I, I like the Celtics in the East again, but that gap has been widened. And if one of those teams goes down early in the playoffs, barring any kind of miracle run by Miami again, the other one's going to cruise to the finals, I think. I don't think Philly or Miami, even Cleveland, are equipped to compete with either of those two teams right now. Um, but we'll see what happens with James Harden. I think that's probably the final moving piece. Him, Buddy Heald, and Brogdon in the last few weeks here. But certainly Boston and Milwaukee at the top. And I've got Boston with a slight edge. Um, but we'll see how the rest of the offseason plays out. Any final thoughts, boys? All right. Well, I'm glad we got this in. The three of us came in together. Happened a few hours ago. We wanted to get an emergency pot out tonight again, episode nine. We'll have one more episode before the regular season starts. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, we will see you next time.